Three mass shootings happened over the Easter weekend. Teachers arrested for inappropriate relationships with students. An insider from Disney says they're receiving an overwhelming number of negative phone calls. Chris Pratt shows us how to celebrate Easter and 21 movies on Netflix that you should see. Stay tuned. This is I Just Gotta Say Something. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you had a good weekend and had a good Easter. I had a really good day. And uh, just all around, I had a pretty good, relaxing weekend. I watched some good movies. Um, I, I got on this kick of watching some Tom Hardy movies. And I watched several really good ones. Um, you should check out Lawless and Legend. And I also watched Dunkirk, which didn't have a whole lot of speaking parts, but it was still really good. Um, it was set during World War II. And all those are based on true stories, so they were really, really good. Um, and the next thing I'm going to watch that has Tom Hardy in it, it's a, a series. It's just nine episodes, as far as I know, called Taboo. And it looked really good, too. So... I've just been kind of searching through different countries for Netflix to see if there's things that I haven't seen. But I'll get to entertainment here in a little bit. First, let's read today's Daily Promise. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, and 9. By the gracious salvation in Christ, we are separated from the dark as his light shines through us. The separation changes our destination from eternal condemnation to everlasting joy and peace. This magnificent hope for all followers of Christ causes us to rejoice in the glorious splendor of his majesty. Which I think that's a really good verse for the fact that we just celebrated Easter. So, um, I... I think that's a really good verse. It's probably one of my favorites. Okay. <clears throat> Let's talk about what's happened over the weekend. We're going to talk about crime. And then I'm going to end it off with something a little lighter. Uh, to kind of just move past all the depression from everything happening. So from Blaze Media. This is by Paul Saka. Um, three Easter weekend mass shootings leave 31 people wounded. And only one suspect arrested, and he was released on a $25,000 bond. Let me move my microphone. And sorry if you can hear my dishwasher in the background. Okay, so there were three mass shootings in the U.S. during Easter weekend that took the lives of two teens and left at least 31 people wounded, according to the Associated Press. So there was a mass shooting at an Airbnb house party in Pittsburgh. Roughly 200 people, of which the vast majority were younger than age 18, packed themselves into a short-term rental home for a ruckus house party on Saturday night. Then around 12.30 a.m. on Sunday, at least 50 gunshots were fired in the home, plus several more rounds were fired outside the home. Police are investigating eight different crime scenes. At least 10 partygoers were shot. There was also a handful of people who were injured from jumping out the windows, sustaining injuries such as broken bones and lacerations. Police told WTAE-TV. First responders brought several of the victims to a local hospital. Two 17-year-old boys were pronounced dead at the hospital. 
officials didn't release the names of the shooting victims. Um, authorities have yet to announce any arrests. Pittsburgh Police Chief Scott Schubert vowed to do everything they can to get those responsible. This shouldn't have happened, Schubert said. We're sick about it. The Airbnb company issued a statement that the individual who rented the home has been banned from using the service for life for violating the home rental company's policy banning house parties. Oh, yeah, that that's um, that's a good one. Just ban the person. Why don't why are we not investigating the person who rented the home in the first place? Because you're not allowed to have underage children at an Airbnb without an adult. So and you're only supposed to have like so many people. Um, that's who I would be looking into. Not saying that just because he rented it that that makes him the one that was a part of it. But, you know, I don't know. It says, we share the Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh community's outrage regarding this tragic gun violence. <clears throat> the statement from Airbnb spokesperson Ben Bright said, Our hearts go out to all who were affected, including loved ones of those who lost their lives, injured victims, and neighbors. Then there was a mass shooting at a South Carolina nightclub. Um, at least nine people were wounded when gunfire erupted at a nightclub in South Carolina early Sunday morning. Kara's Lounge in Hampton County, which is about 80 miles west of Charleston, was hosting an Easter bash when the shooting broke out near the back of the club, according to South Carolina's State Law Enforcement Division. It was scary. We were just trying to get to safety. We didn't know where the shots were coming from, so we just ran to try to get to safety, and then we fell. And we were just trying to get to safety because everyone was running and screaming, witness uh, Jasasi Williams told WTOC-TV. Some hid in ditches outside the club to avoid the gunfire or between 20 to 30 rounds. There were no fatalities reported. No suspects have been apprehended yet. And then there was a mass shooting at a mall in South Carolina, and this was on Saturday and there were 14 people injured at the Columbiana Center after there was a shooting at the shopping mall in South Carolina's state capital of Columbia. There were nine people shot and five injured from attempting to flee the crime scene, according to Columbia Police Chief W.H. Skip Holbrook. The victims range in age from 15 to 73, and none are facing life-threatening injuries. Okay, so... Um, the police had detained three people, including Jawayne M. Price, who was the only suspect arrested in connection with the mall shooting. Todd Rutherford, Price's attorney, stressed that his client only fired his gun inside the mall in self-defense. The 22-year-old is facing a charge of unlawfully carrying a pistol because he did not have a permit to carry a weapon, according to Rutherford. Um, but Price was released on a $25,000 bond. Police said he was to be on house arrest with an ankle monitor so that he could travel from his home to work. Price is barred from contacting the victims and anyone else involved in the mall shooting. That's just ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Aside from the fact that it's ridiculous that they were out on a $25,000 bond. Okay, that's crazy. But even crazier to allow them to go to work to be around other people when clearly they're a danger to themselves and others. It's ridiculous. Um, and continuing on crime, it's really sad. And I, prayers to anybody who was injured, the family and friends who lost their loved ones, you know, 17-year-old and two of them that just died for some nonsense. Because what we have allowed to happen is we don't punish crime anymore. You do something terrible, especially, and we know how it goes, but 
you do something and you're released pretty quickly and you go out and you commit more crimes and people are committing these crimes for the very fact that they know that they're just going to get a little slap on the wrist because we stopped taking crime seriously it's ridiculous this is not criminal justice reform i don't i don't like the thought of criminal justice reform in the way that people talk about it the reform needs to be arresting more people keeping more people behind bars making sure people pay and are punished for what they do period so speaking of people that should be punished there were some uh, teachers that were arrested for having inappropriate relationships with their students this is from louder with crowder by joseph gunderson it says there's no such thing as grooming in schools Teachers aren't interested in sexualizing your children. These two statements are what the left would rather you believe because the truth is the exact opposite. But then the left hates nothing more than the truth. Aside from the numerous teachers uh, taking to TikTok to say how upset they are about not being able to confuse and sexualize kindergartners, teachers are making headlines across the country for inappropriate relationships with their students. Craig Dean Godfrey, 38, of Carterville, Georgia, was sentenced to 25 years the first 12 to be served without the possibility of parole after pleading guilty to two counts of sexual assault and a count of aggravated child molestation. Apparently, this inappropriate relationship began in 2016 when the student was a sophomore. The school apparently became aware of the situation in 2021 and immediately contacted the authorities. Well, thank goodness the school did exactly what they were supposed to do. Um, but as one teacher is tossed in a prison cell, there's always waiting to be discovered. And this time it was Amanda Quinones, 30, who was employed as a language arts teacher at Eleanor Roosevelt High School in California. She was arrested this week for lewd acts with a student. She's been released on a $50,000 bond. There will be more. There is always more. As the Post Millennial points out just last week, there were four teachers arrested for various crimes related to the sexual assault of minors. This is an epidemic, only one exacerbated by the fact that many schools are allowing teachers to teach extremely sexualized and confusing content to young children. The answer is homeschooling. It's the only way to be sure your children aren't being targeted by the people schools have entrusted with their safety. And if, if you do homeschool, I suggest using Accelerated Christian Education. It's a very good program. It's the program that I did when I was homeschooled for a little while. It's a program that my nephew did, and he did that all through graduation. Some in homeschool, some in the private Christian school at our church. And I even did it with my oldest daughter through uh, kindergarten. Um, but she ended up going into public school. However, the schools here in Texas are not terrible, unless you're in Austin. Where we're at, they're decent schools. I'm constantly checking on what they're doing in those schools, and they're not doing anything that they shouldn't be for now. Um, it's just not really possible at the time to homeschool. So, but if you're going to homeschool, check out that program because it's really great. And it's also really great to teach reading because they do phonics instead of sight words like most schools do. And phonics teaches kids how to sound out words instead of just picking out words by sight because they memorize what it looks like. It's a really good way to teach to read. I promise. Um, so yeah, the left says that teachers are not grooming children 
They're not sexualizing children. They're not doing any of this. Yet they are so outraged when, you know, DeSantis passes his, um, what is it, the Parents' Rights Act, for the, the, the one they call the Don't Say Gay Bill. They're so outraged that this is passed and that they're not allowed to teach this stuff in, what is it, kindergarten through third grade. But if it's not happening, then why are you getting mad about these bills being passed? If you're not doing it, then it, the bill doesn't even affect you. So what's the big deal? And it's because they are doing it. Here. Um, where's it at? Which one was it? I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was just that one. Um, but here's something. That, speaking of Austin, though, I, I thought I had another one up, but I guess I didn't. But speaking of Austin, since they are like, they're like the mini California of Texas. Apparently, there were, there was a parent that was dressed as the Easter Bunny. And he was, he or she was handing out eggs that had condoms inside at an elementary school. So you tell me that they're not trying to groom and sexualize your children. Why would you hand out condoms to little kids on Easter? That to me, I think the, the preacher that I listened to, Dr. Pocut, Dr. Phil Kidd, I think he would say that that's demonic behavior. That That's a foul spirit doing that kind of stuff, giving that kind of stuff to children. Um, so on Thursday, a parent just as the Easter Bunny visited the Gullet Elementary School campus the unnamed parent handed out plastic Easter eggs to the school children. Some of those eggs contained candy, but others had unopened condoms inside, according to the school. The Austin Independent School District told KTBC that school staff asked the parent to leave the premises. The parent left the school, but proceeded to hand out condom-filled eggs from a public sidewalk. The Austin ISD called the incident an incredibly careless and inappropriate action. Gullah Elementary School Principal Tammy Thompson sent a letter to parents stressing that the disturbance was not a planned event nor sanctioned by the school. Thomas added, we have spoken with the parent about the inappropriate nature of their activity. Ban them from coming to the school. So here's a letter they sent. Uh, this afternoon during dismissal, a gullet parent visited campus dressed as the Easter Bunny and handed out plastic eggs. Some of those eggs contained candy and some students were also given unopened condoms. Please know that this was not a planned event nor sanctioned by the school and we have spoken with the parent about the inappropriate nature of their activity. We value parent participation and always request that you work with campus staff to best support our students. Um, I mean, I can't, I can't say whether or not that was planned or not. Most likely it wasn't. Uh, but even if it didn't have condoms in the eggs, I don't know if I would appreciate a parent just coming up because... I, whether they go to the same school or not. I mean, these are strangers. Some of these kids don't know who these parents are. They don't, they're not in the same class with some of these kids. They're not even in the same grade. So just to go randomly handing out candy to kids, even as a parent of a student at the school, I think that's even just a little strange that far. I don't like it. Um, I, I don't want to get off of um, speaking about the sexualization of the children i came across an account on twitter and i'm going to show it to y'all because it was absolutely disgusting I, i'll have to see if i find it he may have blocked me from the comments that i left him but we'll see so this is the guy on twitter his name is harvey delaney um 
and he had these these tweets that were being shared around and they say society will one day accept maps and if you know what that is that means minor attracted persons as part of the queer community we just have to keep pushing it let the world know the truth about who we are it may take a bit but eventually we will get there and maps of the future will no longer have to hide who they are then another one my goal in life is to change society's attitudes towards maps and children's autonomy to make experiences between maps and children harmless and acceptable we have the intellect and arguments to do it we just need the numbers we must first focus on academia so let me read that like this my goal in life is to change society's attitudes towards pedophiles and children's autonomy to make experiences between pedophiles and children harmless and acceptable that's why they changed the the pedophiles to the word maps because pedophiles you know exactly what that means and you it's a visceral reaction when you hear about pedophiles but then you hear maps and a lot of people may not know what that means maybe most do i don't know but you hear maps and it doesn't give that same reaction because they are trying to normalize grown adults with children and i will never be able to wrap my mind around someone being attracted to a child i i don't i don't understand that um i did report this um account i don't know if they're going to do anything probably not but i mean that is literally a pedophile talking about having relationships with a child and making it acceptable to the rest of society that's never going to be acceptable and this man should be in prison honestly uh, it's absolutely disgusting um, and somebody shared this and they said Harvey Delaney clearly supports pedos this disgusting commentary is precisely why there is a growing number of people who detest the trans pedo grooming grooming movement what a sick thing he is. My kids will learn about maps and that they can run, scream, kick, and bite. So, people aren't very happy with this. And people aren't very happy with the whole LGBT movement that's been a huge push here lately. Not to mention what Disney's been doing. And um, from the Daily Wire, uh, Megan Basham. So, a Disney insider says that Disney is receiving an overwhelming number of negative phone calls, uh, probably from customers. So, um, I'm not going to read everything about it. We're not going to talk about the, the law or anything like that. Um, we know that Disney boasted about them adding a queer content and a gay agenda to their entertainment and their movies. Um... So, it says, those actions are sparking angry calls from outraged parents, claims Bongino. The insider is telling me Disney is tracking all of the calls complaining about their support for sexualizing kids in kindergarten, he said on his podcast Thursday. The woman told me that the calls are overwhelming. A new survey from the Trafalgar Group supports the claims of Bongino's source. The conservative nonprofit convention for states action commission poll of likely voters to find about their feelings on Disney since leaked videos showed an executive producer mentioning a quote, not so secret gay agenda, end quote, and boasted about adding queer content to children's entertainment. 
The poll asked likely voters if news reports that reveal Disney is focusing on creating content to expose young children to sexual ideas made them more or less likely to do business with Disney. Nearly 70% of respondents, including about half of Democrats and 73% of independents, said they were less likely. Only 9% said it made them more likely to support the company. Probably not parents, I would, I would assume. A majority of every group, so 78% of Republicans, 72% of independents, and 59% Democrats, said that the comments Disney staffers made in the leaked videos make them more likely to look for alternative sources of family-friendly entertainment. Mouse House heirs aren't doing much to restore the company's public image in the eyes of parents wary of the company's stance on LGBT content in children's entertainment. This week, Disney heir Charlie Cora, whose stepfather was the grandson of company co-founder Roy O. Disney, came out as transgender and expressed regret for not doing more to fight for to fight Florida's bill before it passed. Meanwhile, Walt Disney's granddaughter, Abigail, penned an op-ed for the Washington Post calling on the company to become more political. The public backlash appears to have, be having a negative impact on the company's stock price as well. Shares are down about 26% in the last year. That is some shareholders questioning whether it's Disney's business to get involved in politics. It's not. Um, economist and Disney shareholder Ray Keating told Fox News on April 2nd that Disney CEO Bob Chappick needs to get back to business and stop wasting shareholders' money on political crusades. Keating later added, We all have the right to have our voices heard on issues, but not on the shareholders' dime. Exactly. I agree. So, that's just what's been going on in that part of the world. Um... The, oh, here, this is the, the one that I wanted to talk about. In New Jersey, um, a de Democratic governor, Phil Murphy, admits some gender identity materials provided to small children in his state may not have been age appropriate. Um, I wonder if this was the video that, that talked about, you know, that it was not wrong to watch porn. Um... So it talks about lessons plans. So let's see what it says uh, here. One lesson plan, which was intended for parents of first grade students, asked first graders to be able to find to define gender, gender identity, and gender role stereotypes. Of first graders, these are six year olds. Some are five, five or six, and you want them. Most adults can't even define those, honestly. Um, and it says, and name at least two things they've been taught about gender role stereotypes and how those things may limit people of all genders. The lesson plan went on to state, quote, you might feel like you're a boy, even if you have body parts that some people might tell you are girl parts. You might feel like you're a girl, even if you have body parts that some people might tell you are boy parts. And you might not feel like you're a boy or a girl, but you're a little bit of both. No matter how you feel, you're perfectly normal. Another controversial lesson plan apparently intended for second graders, so now seven, six to seven years old, instructed teachers to tell seven and eight-year-old students, I guess I'm talking about kids that are skipping grades, uh, seven and eight-year-old students that, quote, there are some body parts that mostly just girls have and some parts that mostly just boys have. Being a boy or a girl doesn't have to mean you have those parts, but for most people, this is how their bodies are. Most people have... Okay. I'm not reading that. 
I don't, I never feel comfortable. If you're watching the video, pause it. Read it for yourself. I'm not reading that. I, I never feel comfortable reading that kind of stuff, knowing that it's intended and targeted to small children. I mean, okay. I get that those are scientific terms for our bodies. But that is not the age that you learn that. You don't learn anatomy in 7th and 8th grade. At least not that far. You don't. And especially not from your teacher. Um, so it says, Murphy initially dismissed the, uh, the Fuhrer over the leaked lesson plans, claiming that the plans were not new and pointing out that the standards had been passed in 2020. However, as the controversy over the widely condemned plans grew, Murphy's office issued a statement Wednesday acknowledging that, quote, we have seen a handful of sample lesson plans being circulated that have not been adopted in our school districts and do not accurately reflect the spirit of the standards. And concealing that, quote, any purposed educational content that is not age appropriate should be immediately revised by local officials. End quote. The statement further indicated that his office was specifically requesting that these lesson plans be discarded and not used by any district in the state. However, Murphy alleged that, quote, our learning standards have been intentionally misrepresented by some politicians seeking to divide and score political points, end quote. And he continued to insist that public school instruction on gender identity was appropriate, even for children of such a young age. However, he has acknowledged that parents should have some say in the matter. Yeah, because they're, they're having to backtrack a bit because they see that they really overstepped their bounds with this stuff and that... While Democrats may be a little bit liberal, when it comes to their children, most of them are sane and understand that this is not great. So, uh, it, it's crazy. It's disgusting. Um, two more things we're going to talk about. First, I just want... Uh, look, I love Chris Pratt. I'm waiting for June to come around so I can see the next uh, Jurassic World movie, Jurassic World Dominion trying to find someone to go see it with me because nobody that I know likes Jurassic Park and they don't want to go see it. So I'm looking for someone to join me to go see that. But um, I want to talk about this because I like Chris Pratt. And he really stood his ground when he got a lot of backlash when people found out where he attended church and they said it was a homophobic church because the preacher preaches against homosexuality and that it's a sin. Absolutely. that It, it is what it is. Go read your Bible. It says it's an abomination. Anyway, so I just wanted to share what he did. It says that uh, this is Brodekin and Kirchhoff from Ladderworth Crowder. Chris Pratt prepares for Easter as only he can with a step-by-step -step guide for erecting a giant cross. As the unofficial home for all things Chris Pratt that fit in with what we do here, you would think we'd run out of ways to be impressed by him. I mean, the guy only eats what he kills, loves the military, loves his country, and loves his fans more than most everyone else in Hollywood combined. When Chris Pratt walks by, well, I just get very comfortable. Then came how he celebrated Easter. These photos were posted to his Instagram account in 2016, but I figured the world could use a reminder. First, you pick the spot. That's a good spot. Then you haul it. It's, I mean, it's a huge iron cross. It's actually, it's very cool. So you're going to have to go look at the video if you want to see the videos of him, you know, setting it up. But they even cemented this cross in. 
I don't know who's doing it with them, but I mean, I just I think that's great. Um, the best part about it, he did it all quietly. He didn't have his publicist put out a statement that he was doing this. He didn't leak it to TMZ that was that this was happening. He just put up a giant cross with his buddies and shared the photos with his fans on Instagram to remind everyone of the true meaning of Easter. Also, I'm still confused about the egg and the bunny thing. I get the egg, birth, newness, freshness, but the bunny is still a question mark. I'll just chalk it up to some satanic fertility ritual. Tell everybody. It's Prattness with spring petals. Come on. Chris Pratt can do no wrong with us, but if next year he could release a video in which he theorizes about the Easter Bunny and how it relates to Jesus dying on the cross for the forgiveness of sins, it would be much appreciated. On second thought, just nail an Easter Bunny to the cross. Synergy. So while we're here, so while we hear stories about actors cheating on their wives, or when Leo DiCaprio sees fit to lecture the rest of us about global warming while sleeping in one of his six mansions, we still have some in Hollywood who show us not all is lost for Tinseltown. There is some sanity and some faith left in that place. What does it look like? It looks like Chris Pratt, y'all. I think that's great. Um, I don't know. He's been one of my favorite actors for a while. And I like how he just he's really down to earth. He stands up for what he believes in. And it shows that you can be in that line of work and still be humble and stick to your roots and not go completely insane. That's nice to see. Okay, last thing. Because sometimes I feel like, you know, you need to relax. Get out of, of reality for a little bit. Find some entertainment to check out. Read a book. But sometimes you want to do something with your family or with your spouse, whatever it may be. I have, well, Daily Wire has 21 movies you haven't watched yet on Netflix, but you should. And I was interested in checking this out because I'm always looking for new movies to watch. So, I'll try to quickly go through this and we'll see which ones they are. Um, Hush from 2016. This 2016 gem offers an ingenious spin on the home invasion thriller. What if the person being stalked couldn't hear the intruder's entrance? Katie Siegel stars as a deaf of author fending, stars as a deaf author, fending off a killer attempting to enter her home. The can't miss concept lands a bullseye thanks to Siegel's determined turn and crisp direction by horror maestro Mike Flanagan. The Haunting of Hill House, Doctor Sleep, is what he did. I actually I've seen that. That is a really good movie. It's very, very good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight 2020. Who doesn't love Polish slasher films? This 80s homage delivered relentless thrills for those who crave gore and more. A gaggle of teens forced to camp without their smartphones runs into a pair of muta mutated killers. It's a genre treat of the first order, but make sure to skip the uninspired sequel. That's not something I'd be able to watch by myself, though. Get On Up, 2014. It's still a mystery why the late Chadwick Boseman got snubbed for an Oscar for his Godfather of Soul impersonation. Get On Up is a stunner. Taking some liberties with the biopic format, but always making sure Boseman's James Brown is front and center. The actor may ultimately be best remembered for bringing Black Panther to the screen, but this stands as his finest screen performance. Uh, not, I don't really sound interested in that one. King of Thieves from 2018. This heist film isn't a classic. 
It's flawed, no doubt, and the tension doesn't erupt like it should in the third act, but it still gives us a chance to savor another Michael Caine performance. He plays the leader of an elderly gang, eager for one last score. Their safe cracking doesn't go as planned, and the old-timers swiftly turn on each other. Honor among thieves, not this bunch. Their salty dialogue is the best part of this fact-based tell. And if this is what I'm thinking, I watched this one already, too. I I've watched some of these already so i can tell you you should check that one out too so far two movies really good and this next one rust creep from 2018 i have seen this one too a college senior heads to the nation's capital for an important job interview she never arrives at her destination instead she's stalked by a pair of murderous brothers forcing her to survive with few resources save her wits this indie thriller keeps our attention from start to finish thanks in part to a strong lead turn by Hermione Corfield. That one is very good. It's a you're like on the edge of your seat constantly. I really really like that one. Hall Pass from 2011. Bro comedies like Step Brothers, Old School, and American Pie become instant classics, but this solid entry gets overlooked. Owen Wilson and Jason Sudeikis plays married men given a hall pass for one week. They can woo any woman they want without marital repercussions. You'll get some big laughs, no doubt, but it's also a farcical look into the mind of a married man. Yeah, I don't sound interested in that one. Uh, Wind River. This one with Jeremy Renner. Oh my goodness. And Elizabeth Olsen. If you don't know, that's Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's younger sister. This one is a very, very good one. The visionary behind Yellowstone uncorked this 2017 gem to less fanfare than his TV smash. Taylor Sheridan wrote and directed this tale of a missing Native American teen and the selfless heroes, Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen, scrambling for the truth. Cultural sensitivities collide with cold realities in this underrated gym. Yeah, that's a very, very good one. You should go check that one out. Uh, Creep and Creep 2 from 2014 and 2017. It sounds familiar. The found footage genre is dead and buried, and thank goodness for that. This double shot from the genre, though, is the rare case where that no-frills approach amplifies the terror. The affable Mark Duplass plays against type as a mystery man who hires a videographer to capture his remaining days on Earth. The sequel may start with us knowing too much about du uh, Duplass's character, but a new figure in his life ratchets up his the intrigue. I don't know if I've seen the second one, but I have seen the first one. It's very interesting. The Trip, 2021. This, I think I've seen five so far. This bleak tale starts as a withering look at a marriage beyond all hope of redemption, but the second act introduces a bold new element. The couple in question plan a getaway where they can divorce themselves from each other permanently. Those plans get pushed aside when some intruders crash their murder party. It's dark, occasionally sweet, and wildly original. Eh... I may check that one out. Tread from 2019. This is unlike any other documentary. The 2019 feature follows a small Colorado town overrun by a man pushed to the edge, and he has the tools to make his revenge spectacular. The film's storytelling technique is never less than, never less than masterful, and the true story is so strange no screenwriter could have cooked it up. It's a true story. I will definitely check that one out. Hunt for Wilder People, 2016. This sweet nature film pairs a troubled lad with an adoptive parent, Sam Neill, lacking that parental spark. 
A shocking death in the family sends the boy out into the wilderness, coaxing his uncle to come find him. What follows is a tender tale of opposites coming together and some hard lessons about the real world. Thor Ragnarok director, uh, is it Taika Waititi, brings a generous heart to a story that might have been tweed in lesser hands. Um, Begin Again from 2013. The, the director of Once, John Carney, strikes again. But this time, the quasi-romance is complicated to the core. A burned-out music producer, Mark Ruffalo, discovers a singing sensation, Kira Knightley, but the last is burdened by a broken heart and wobbly ambitions. The two collaborate on some killer songs, and before long, they're wondering if they might make beautiful music outside the studio, or are they? It's unlike most modern romances, and the strong supporting cast, Catherine Keener, James Corden, Haley Steinfeld, enhances the will-they-or-won't-they third act. Ugh. Sounds so boring. I do not like chick flick romance type movies. I don't. Uh, margin Call 2011. Even those who can't tell the difference between a bull and bear market will be mesmerized by this financial drama. An ensemble cast, including Jeremy Irons and Kevin Spacey, power this peak into the 2008 financial crisis origins. What's mercifully missing? The preachy tone found in Adam McKay's The Big Short. Um. Oh, five five feet apart okay i took my daughter to the drive-in movie one night and we went to the bathroom and i saw this poster hanging and i saw that cole sprouse was in it and i like him in riverdale so i was like i've got to see that my this is a tearjerker and this is not normally my kind of movie but if i like certain actors i will check out movies that i don't typically watch just to see them and I was in tears almost the whole time. It was so sweet. It's a very good movie. Um, Hollywood often sexualizes young adults on screen, but this soulful romance does just the opposite. Two teens suffering from cystic fibrosis fall in love during an extended hospitalization. The catch? Their conditions force them to stay five feet apart or they could infect each other with a life-threatening illness. So they improvise using creative ways to illustrate their growing bond. It's so good. Um, that's six I've seen. I don't feel at home in this world anymore, 2017. Look past that unwieldy, unwieldy title. Melanie Lenski stars as a woman who snaps after two-bit thieves ransack her home. She enlists an oddball, oddball neighbor, Elijah Wood Jr., to get her stuff back, and what follows is a darkly comic look at suburbia, loneliness, and wounded hearts. Then we have The Fundamentals of Caring, 2016. Paul Rudd stars as a writer who ditches Microsoft Word for a career as a caregiver. His first assignment is a doozy, watching after a teen struggling with muscular dystrophy and the lack of a father figure in his life. The two struggle to find common ground, but that changes when they hit the road for an eventful road trip. Smart, sly, and sophisticated, Caring offers a healthy twist on a, sh a shop-worn genre. The Edge of Seventeen. Teen dramas come and go, but this 2016 keeper can stand tall next to John Hughes' body of work. Haley Steinfeld anchors a story that hits all the teen angst beats without feeling inauthentic or stale. Add a poignant turn by Woody Harrelson as a curious teacher or confidant, and you have a film future teens will embrace as their own. Cargo? Not another zombie movie. No, it isn't. Martin Freeman stars as a widower trying to keep his baby daughter alive during an undead, po an undead apocalypse. 
The focus isn't on gore or shocks, although both make an appearance. It's about a parent doing whatever it takes to protect his child, and there's something beautiful about that amidst the standard horror movie tropes. I think I've seen that one, but I'm not sure. Blood Red Sky. Genre films can get away with sizable flaws under two conditions. They're exhilarating and fresh. This unlikely thriller checks both boxes with a sharpie pen. Terrorists overrun a commercial flight, putting a sickly mother and son at risk. The twist? This mom has a secret, one the terrorists will wish they knew prior to boarding the plane. Once again, a parent sacrifices everything to protect her child, but not before the film unlocks an orgy of blood, mayhem, and surprises. And the last one in A Valley of Violence. The, this western's opening sequence is a stunner, but the best is yet to come. A nomad played by Ethan Hawke takes an unfortunate detour to a town roiled by the local marshal, John Travolta, and his ne'er-do-well son. Sparks fly, as they always do in the genre, but it's the attention to detail paid by director Ty West, best known for his horror fare, that grabs our attention and never lets go. Okay, so I've seen six movies on that list, and there's a couple that I feel like I could check out. Um, but I'm going to ask the question and then you can go to like my social media, Twitter, most likely, maybe Instagram. What is like your go-to movie that you go to when you just want to relax and you don't feel like flipping through trying to find something new? What is that go-to movie that you could watch over and over and over and it never gets old? Um, you're probably going to laugh at me. Um, I like this actor. He, he is my top favorite actor ever and I don't know what it is about him it's just it's something about his attitude and I love it face off because I could watch Nicolas Cage and face off all the time I love that movie I love Nicolas Cage I like all the stuff that he does um I have actually and I, I've always thought this by just watching him on interviews and stuff that he just seems like a really down-to-earth and nice nice person and I know that that can be deceiving because you don't personally know them and, you know, they're being recorded. But I do know somebody who did meet Nicolas Cage. She was in um, Hour of the Witch. It was a very short scene. If you haven't, you should check out her other stuff, Rebecca Kennedy. Um, she's a really good actress and she's done a lot of other stuff. But she did get to do a small part in Hour of the Witch and she did get to meet Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman. And she says that he is a very nice guy. Um, so my instincts were right. He's a very nice guy. And I think that's really cool that she got to meet him. And I think it's really cool that I know someone who's... She's been on, what is it? Um, Law & Order SVU a few times. Is that Marsha Hardigay? Mariska Hardigay? I don't know how you say your name. Um, so she got to meet her and the other cast members of that show... And I watched some other stuff that she does, and you should check out her IMDb page. Is that what it is? IMDb? Yeah. Um, check that out, and go check out some of her other stuff. She was in a movie called... Was she in a movie? Yeah, she was in a movie called Gabriel. That's a really good movie. That's a Christian movie. Dean Kane. But it was really good, and I it, that one made me cry. So that's another movie you could check out. Um, just some, some suggestions to just take a break from the world because it's so crazy and it can get exhausting trying to keep up with everything that's happening and to stay sane. So sometimes you just got to take a break. And this is one way that you can do that. Check out some of these good movies. Anyway, I'm going to end up in the episode here and let you get about the rest of your day. I hope you enjoyed it. 
Let me know what your go-to movie is and tell me if you check out in any of these other movies on Netflix. Um, I'd like to know, especially the ones that I've mentioned that I've seen, if you check those out and you like them, let me know. And I will see you, not see you, but hopefully you'll come back next Monday. And I'm sorry that I can't make them as often as I used to. And I'm sorry that the channel... The original channel got deleted and I'm trying to be more careful so that doesn't happen again. Um, but I do thank you for your support and following me. So go to Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can subscribe to the podcast there. Check me out on YouTube and go watch my videos there. And you can like and share. And that's where you can get all the sources of what I talk about and videos and pictures that you can't get on as a blind viewer. Um, and subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell so you know every time I upload a new video and Please, please, please Let other people know so that they can come and go follow me on Twitter. I've really been building up my Twitter account I've gotten over like a hundred I went from 107 a week ago to like 240 now so it's really awesome a couple youtubers are following me now and um, a couple of comedians are following me, so I thought that was really cool. And I think that's what's kind of helped build up the following so quickly. But I do appreciate that. So go and do that, and I would really appreciate it. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. God bless.